At this time, I do invite those who are here with me to be seated. And I invite you all to join me in prayer as we prepare to hear the word of God. Let us pray. Holy One, we gather around your word with anticipation. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so our souls are longing for you, O God. We ask you now to quench our thirst, nourish us. Help us to hear your truth for us today and guide us to live it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 8 through 11. Hear the word of God. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower, And bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I was actually five years old at vacation Bible school eating animal crackers that had pink icing on them. Do y'all remember those? And it was in that moment that I actually memorized my first passage of scripture. Matthew 7, verses 24 through 25. Jesus said, everyone who hears the word that I speak and then acts upon it is like a wise builder who builds a house on solid bedrock. The rain falls and the floods come and the wind beats on that house. It does not fall because it stands on solid bedrock. I still remember the hand motions and the song. I remember the demonstration of little log cabins being deluged with water The rains fell, the floods came, the wind beat upon that house. It didn't fall because it stood on solid bedrock. Fifty-five years later, that passage is still in my heart. It's still in my mind. My arms still want to wave every time I recite it. Scripture is like that, right? It is the power to lift up. It has the power to convict It has the power to change us. It has the power to form us. It is the precious gift of God. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Scripture does reveal truth to us. But just as importantly, that same Spirit can use Scripture to transform us, to make us useful for God's work. But... But there is a discipline, there's a practice 
There's some work involved in the reading, the study, the living of Scripture. And Jesus knew this. In the 13th chapter of Matthew, he taught a crowd of people with a parable. It was a parable about the mysterious work of God's word, how it bears fruit in our lives sometimes, and it doesn't bear fruit in others. You know the parable. A sower went out to sow, says Jesus, and some of that seed fell on a path. It never had a chance. It never sprouted. It didn't do a thing. Some seed fell in rocky soil. It sprouted for just a moment, but the soil was so shallow, it didn't live long. Some seed fell among the thorn bushes, and there it did root, and it grew, but before long, it got choked out. And some seed, some seed fell on good soil. It grew, it flourished, it produced. If you have ears to hear, listen up, said Jesus. Well, the disciples were listening because later in private, they asked Jesus for more of an explanation. And here is what Jesus said in Matthew 13, beginning with the 18th verse. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word, who understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundred, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus is challenging his disciples to listen and to receive the revelation of God into their lives. To accept his teaching like good soil would accept a fertile seed. And this morning I want to suggest that Jesus challenges us in the same way. Today we are called to listen We are called to receive the revelation of God into our lives. And we have something that those early listeners of Jesus' teaching didn't have. We have a book. We have the Bible. We have scripture. In this, we have the most reliable witness to the word of God, the revelation of God, Jesus Christ. The most reliable revelation about Christ that exists. So we're to listen to it. We're to read it. We're to study it. We're to let it be planted and deeply rooted in our hearts. We're called to work this revelation of God into our lives, our families, our church. We know this. We've heard this sermon before, and I have preached this sermon before, right here. Read the Bible. 
But how? How exactly do you read the Bible to plant it deeply in your heart so that it actually bears fruit? Well, I'd like to look at Jesus' teaching tool, his parable of seed and soil. It's a parable that teaches many things, but let's focus on what it might teach us about the practice of reading Scripture. I want you to imagine with me for a moment, doing a lot of imagining this morning, imagine with me for a moment the Bible as seed, good seed, life-giving seed that is to be planted and rooted deep in our hearts. What can we do? What practice would allow the Bible to bear fruit in our lives? Well, the parable alludes to three things. These things are not profound, and they're not new. Spoiler alert. But they're essential if we're going to practice our faith. And the first is this. The Bible won't bear fruit in our lives if we don't open the Bible and read it. It won't bear fruit in our lives if we don't open it and read it. Now, the truth is, many Christians don't. Many of us don't. People think they know what's in the Bible. They've already judged it as old-fashioned, as irrelevant, as confusing, as boring or violent. And they do so without ever opening it. That's the hard path. That's the place where nothing is going to grow or bear fruit. The first step in practicing reading Scripture is to open it and to begin to read. If you've not done it before, start with the Psalms. Start with the gospel. Start with Paul's letter to the Philippians. Those are all great entry places. But friends, this will not bear fruit in your life if you don't open it, if you don't read it. As obvious as that is, the second thing is obvious as well. The Bible won't bear fruit in our lives if we don't open it and read it regularly. Regularly. Not when we feel like it, not once a quarter. Not when there's nothing else to do and we're really bored and we've got nothing else to read. But regularly. That's why this is called the spiritual discipline. The regular reading of Scripture creates a kind of mental muscle memory. Mental muscle memory for the themes for the promises, for those questions that Scripture is bringing up for you again and again and again, which are pointing you on your own unique spiritual path. The only way that that begins to happen, that the great themes of Scripture begin to come together, that the way God is pushing you becomes clear is when you open this, and you read it, and you do it regularly. And finally, the Bible won't bear fruit in our lives if we don't open it 
and read it regularly, sitting in the presence of God. Sitting in the presence of God. You see, there is a difference between studying Scripture, memorizing Scripture, using Scripture to prove or disprove someone else's morals or choices, using Scripture to kind of back up your own agenda. There's a difference between that kind of intellectual use of Scripture and sitting in the presence of God as you read it regularly. That's a different thing altogether. That is actually what transforms the heart. And so the secret is out. If you've been following with us through this Lenten season, the Praxis Guide that we created, you now know why you're doing the same thing every single day, which is you are reading a carefully curated passage of Scripture, and then we're asking you just to sit in God's presence with it for five minutes, just trying to give all of us the experience during Lent of sitting with God, reading the Bible regularly, and allowing the Bible to bear fruit, allowing the Bible to plant seeds in our hearts, seeds of repentance, of hope, of compassion, and the love of justice. Remember that passage of scripture I memorized when I was five? Jesus' parable of the wise builder, the one who could build that house on solid rock, the great vacation Bible school story, that great childhood song, the rains came down and the floods came up, remember? And the house on the rock stood firm. Oh, later in life, I would learn to read the Gospel of Matthew in Greek. I would teach Bible studies. I would preach sermons on the nuances of Jesus' parabolic teachings. And I would contrast and compare them to Pauline thought or the thought of the Gospel of John. Later, I would even come to master scripture enough to teach undergraduates at the college level about the Bible. But when the rain of disappointment and failure fell into my life, when the floods of grief and betrayal overwhelmed me, when the winds of fear and change blew through my life again and again and again, it was that tiny seed planted 55 years ago, that tiny seed of love and hope that tiny seed of trust, that God was in control, that God held my future, that seed planted in fertile soil is what allowed me to stand through it all. For 55 years, it hasn't just been studying Scripture, thinking about Scripture, arguing about Scripture, mastering Scripture that allows me to stand here. No, it's 55 years of sitting in God's presence and allowing the promises of Scripture to wash over me, to claim me, to speak to me. Friends, a huge storm is upon us. It's a storm that's raging across our planet. And I count it providence 
that for such a time as this, without even knowing it, way back in the fall, a group of us got together and decided to create a praxis guide. Janice and Phil and Drew and Emily and I, we gathered way back in the fall. We created this experience of 40 days of allowing people to sit in God's presence with Scripture. If you don't have your own copy of that Praxis Guide, just go to our website today and download it. You can can see what I'm talking about. Now more than ever, Scripture speaks to our longings and our needs and our hopes and our fears. Now, just as faithful people have done for thousands of years, when we face the unknown, when we face what is fearful, we have what we need. In Scripture, the sure promises of our God, the strength of our God, which endures. So, for just a few minutes, for all of you as you are watching this, I want to practice being good soil for God's Word. I want to practice listening to these ancient beautiful, powerful words of promise and hope together. Wherever you are, unless you're in a car, close your eyes. Go ahead. I mean it. Close your eyes. I ask you to relax. I ask you to bring your fear, bring your questions, Open your heart. Open your spirit. Don't overthink. Don't argue. As people of faith have done for so many years, just listen. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. But now, thus says the Lord, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. 
Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Friends, here's the good news. Whatever we face, whatever the next month holds for us, for our world, for our community, God's word always finds a place. It always builds up. It always strengthens. It always brings guidance. God's word roots in our hearts and it holds us up. God's word endures forever, beyond pandemics, beyond divisions, beyond any storm. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the surprising way that it roots into our hearts and speaks to us. Keep us Keep us in your presence. Help us during this Lenten season and this season of fear to learn once again the discipline of sitting in your presence as we read your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen.